The podcast you are about to listen to is explicit and may not be suitable for children. Some content may be triggering and graphic. These stories are real. And as we all know, real can sometimes be hard to look at. However, it is necessary for healing and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I am Lori. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit. And today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown of what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed, Lori, and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Lori, Ed, and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. During the third portion of the show, we're going to do a segment called Off the Rails. This is the funnier side of the podcast, where we talk about Lori's trippy dreams, top 10 lists, and all the weird and wild things we come up with along the way. So, how's everybody's week going? I, I know I've had, I had a tragedy happen this week. Oh no. Uh-oh. I did. I did. There was a hit and run. Oh no, Chicken? one of your chickens? Yeah. <gasps> yeah, one of my chickens crossed the road. We didn't get to find out what happened on the other side. Oh no. Oh, no. Well, it literally went to the other right. side. Right. To the other side. Crossed right over. Maybe it was not really trying to cross the road, but trying to cross right. the transcendental barrier, you know? Well, here's the thing is, chickens aren't supposed to cross the road. Oh, they do. But they're not supposed to. Why are they not supposed to? It's just this thing. Everything I've read, they're not supposed to. Oh, that they don't, the they don't cross oh, the road. Well, oh, well, you've been misinformed. Yeah. I've been raising chickens my whole life, and depending on where they're at, yeah. they will cross the road. I think these ones, because they're the barred rock, yeah, they're the they're... lavender barred rock. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm thinking they got the lavender from some sort of bantam. Because oh, they are wicked, like, independent. And it's become an issue. Yeah, because barred rocks are usually very tame and want to kind of stick with you. Right, and these ones are like, they're everywhere. Oh, wow. So we're going to have to net them in, basically. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, 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 because they're, I mean, they're like going way off into the woods beyond the house, and they're going into all kinds of neighbor's yards, and... They uh, went into, there's an apartment building in my backyard. They went into the vestibule of that apartment building and oh. shit a bunch of times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh wow. They, they've been walking around in my neighbor's garage. <laughs> yeah. Just making them home. I so love they, that. That's they hysterical. Are, they are totally out of control. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we've got to do it. You can yeah. put like little shock collars on them and do, do one it. of those uh, right, underground right. fences. So when they get there, they're so stupid. They just keep walking. <laughs> yeah. No. I you know, it it's it's it is what it is. Yeah. But I feel bad about it. But at the same time, like the other I've had a couple sets of chickens. Mm-hmm. And I've never had them be this like everywhere. Free ranging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean usually they stick around mm-hmm. the coop. Right. You know, they might go out a little bit around the fence or into the yard or whatever. These ones never go toward the house. They're very, like, wild. wild. Yeah. yeah. They don't ever yeah. go toward the house. They hardly ever go on the grass in the yard. Wow. They fly over the fence. Right. Well, you had mentioned they that They don't before. like boundaries. 
They right. don't want boundaries. Feral, feral chickens. They're like on the so, prowl. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a I'm I'm here and there about it, mm-hmm. but I got a, a bunch of netting yesterday to to try to you know go over the top and. I'm not sure what we're going to do in the winter. I think in the winter time we'll just take it all down because they don't really go anywhere in the winter time. Right. right. They stay right in their coop. Yeah. And, and you've already had these this specific set for a winter already. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of, yeah. 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 And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put up like a an extended fence yeah. around so that it is like probably eight feet or so high yeah. Yeah. around it. Okay. Um, so they can't fly over. Right, yeah. right. As opposed but to they're going not... over the top of it. Yeah. Right. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. yeah. And that way you can walk in still and take care of them if right. you need to. And right. Yeah, because I see that some people put this netting over their fence and it's like it starts out really low. Right, like how do you get in Yeah, there? I'm like, yeah. what are they, how are they doing this? Are they getting down on their hands and knees or, yeah. right. like, you know. Well, I had mentioned about the chickens last week and and at the place that I work and they've, they've built this fence and, and I'm, I walk, I got to see it the other day. I walked around the back of the other house the other day and I'm like, I don't really think that you understand. It's not a very tall fence. Because huh? it's, no, it's not a tall fence at all. Yeah. And they're, they, it, I don't know if, if they're planning to put a top on it. Because in the coop, the, the, the little space right. that they have in the coop, it's completely closed in. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. And, and I've seen these, I've seen these, seen these chickens fly. Specifically, I've seen the rooster fly. But right. I've seen these chickens fly. Oh, yeah, yeah they do. Roosters fly away more than the hens. Right. Fly. You know, and, and, and he can fly over my head and I'm six tall. Six, six tall. I'm six foot tall. See, so. mine don't fly like that. I wonder if are they bantams? What kind of chickens? I, I don't know. I are really they colorful? Uh no. The the um the the hens themselves are uh there's a white one and then a couple of like the dun color ones, like the, the light brown color ones. So they're not really like colorful, colorful. They don't have any distinct markings. But so the like rooster, the, the reds. I guess like so, it's yeah. a, a brown and a white. Yeah. So that could be a bunch of different things. But the rooster is like black with a lovely white like, that's a band collar okay so he's a band yeah. then yeah. yeah um i don't know enough about hens bantams, well, bantams are usually super duper shiny right yeah yeah, well, yeah he got is the color they they come in all different well you can get a band the bantam really just means smaller yeah so oh he's a big motherfucker there can be bantams of any breed oh okay wow. so they they just create a smaller breed, Bantam. Oh, interesting. Um, and then you've got all your exotic breeds. Right, and I don't think that those are them. And a lot of the exotics, they've created into Bantams. Smaller. Ah, gotcha. So, if he is big, um, and he is black and white, and he's shiny, yeah, he he's probably, does he have a big cone? or, or yeah, is his... yeah, he's got a pretty decent sized cone. So it sticks up a lot, it's yeah. not just wide. Like silky? Yeah, it's not wide. It's 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 it sticks up. It's, it comes up straight. He, he, he looks like a little mohawk. Okay, guy. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say if because the the cone can tell you a lot about the breed because mm-hmm. like some of the cones are wide. Yeah, they come up, but they're wide across the head. Right. Then you get the That's skinny how you tell ones. The you right. know, and I'm not. So, I, I I really can't give you like an actual mm, description, description right. but I notice that I I do notice the cone. So it's, it's, there's it's a lot big. of different breeds of black and white, but. Roosters are usually if you've got a rooster, they're troublemakers. So if you have well, a rooster, they're meant to, right? yeah, I mean, they're meant to protect right. their hens. To protect right. their hens, yeah. So they've got an attitude, but they're also very inquisitive. Like 
you were talking about your hens taking off and going around, you know, and doing this stuff. Yeah. I have only ever had that problem with my hens wanting to leave my property, and they've got a huge area to, to yeah, your property is pretty big, right? But when there's been a rooster that they're following, the rooster will take them over to the neighbors or right. do whatever, you know. When the rooster's gone, they usually stay more at home. But roosters do like to fly, and the hens will follow the rooster. So if the rooster's flying up over a five-foot fence, the hens are bound to follow. Right. Yeah. You know, so you're going to see more flying activity usually if they're going to be following around their old man who they right. worship and adore. And exactly. Follow I've everywhere. never seen mine really fly, fly. Like, fly, fly. Yeah. They flutter. You know, right, they, right, right. Like a turkey, you know, they go up and they go down. Yeah, right, yeah. Really... And, and that's the, the smaller same thing with this breeds can fly. Out, but he, just, he just had great height. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. they fly over my six foot privacy fence. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's I true. Mean, yeah. Yeah. I used to have two roosters, and they would fly up onto the top of our. I think our fence was like five feet tall. Wow. Basically, it's just to keep. It's to keep the animals and the goats in. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's really all it's good for because predator, any predator could get over it or under it or whatever. Right, it's like just, if there's a hawk driving by. Driving, you know, driving yeah, by. when the hawks drive, drive by. by um, <laughs> but that's just so that when they're out, they're not, like, devastating my yard. Right. So the chick- the two roosters that I had would, j- would fly up onto the top of that, mm-hmm. and they would kind of make a little bit of a noise, and the hens would all look and see that the roosters were up there. And they'd all fly up. Jump and right up there. They'd right. sit up there with them, <laughs> right? And then once all the hens were up there, and I had like 23 hens or something oh, like that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Once they'd all made their way up, the roosters would then, like, come down. And then they'd, they'd sort of look back for their little flock of women to notice. And, <laughs> and, and, nothing. Oh, and the women gosh. would follow behind the rooster. And it's, yeah, it's just, like, look at these... Um, very, I don't know. It reminds you of like when you listen to other right cultures. You know, this is happening in Walking my backyard with my chicken. The man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh my the... god! I make fun of my <laughs> wife all the time about that when we're in like when we're in a store or something. Uh-huh. Like, for some reason, she always walks like behind me, and I, I I'll look back and I'll be like. Are you an Asian wife? <laughs> <laughs> Have we switched cultures? Are you being respectful? Right. I do that too. And I, I, it's because, you know, Eddie walks faster than me. So ironically, and this is, I mean, I guess this is probably, no, no. Anyway, so ironically, I do the same thing. Like if I'm walking with someone. You'll walk behind me. I, I will often walk, like I'll walk yeah, behind I've, you. No, but, I've noticed it with you too. Yeah. And I and, and then that pisses me off. Because then <laughs> he and Jessica are walking together. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And there's no need of that shit. Right, right. <laughs> that is totally unacceptable. Right. Absolutely. But I, I, I do that with just about everybody. It's very rare that I walk side by side with somebody. Um, it does happen, but it doesn't happen very often. I usually walk behind them, and it and it usually is in my head. I, I if I look at it, it's usually because oh, there's some sort of deference there, you know. There's some sort of like that respectful distance, you know. Like I am the hand. Really? Person. Yeah. Really? Like, if I were, oh my god! Yes, I would have guessed that you just default to following, and that that would be why you hang back. I'm pretty sure that's why Jessica hangs back too. Right. Yeah. yeah. She just. 
you know, it's just less brain activity, less brain power, just yeah. the default to I wonder if that's part of it for me, too. I know that sometimes when I'm looking at it, 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 it definitely is like, well, I'll just, I'll take this position. So if there's anything that they need, I'll be right there. You know, and I know that that's fucked up. Wow. But yeah, I know, right? That's wow. funny. No, Eddie walks faster than me, and Michael walks, like, on a run. So if I go anywhere <laughs> with him, I'm way behind. And he'll stop and he'll turn around and look for me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm back here. See me? I'm right. back here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do what you're going to do. And Because, like, he goes so fast. He's right. on a mission. But since I messed up my knee, I, I don't walk fast. So right. I take my time. I make it comfortable for myself. And if they want to go on ahead of me, let them. Yeah. See that? And then I'll usually so, take a detour to candles or whatever, and then Eddie can't find me, and then he's calling me on my cell phone. Where are you? I've, I've done that too. When I, you know, I wonder if that's part of it too. Because like, there are times when I take the lead, and other people are like, you know, behind me, and then I'll turn around and they're not there. They're gone. I wonder how much of it is that, you know, like oh, in, in my in my childhood, that was a that was a big thing because I remember, yeah. and it was made such a huge deal of it. I was behind and then I, I like I I went off into a into a um, like a, a toy aisle and they were going to buy me a toy like a like a Tonka truck, one of the metal Tonka trucks. And I never, didn't end up getting it because they couldn't find me and, and that was my punishment because they couldn't oh. find me. But so like wow. yeah. And I wasn't scared but they were scared and of course they you know, my both my parents were like angry and, and so yeah. therefore that became a traumatizing experience but now yeah. if I'm behind somebody I always know where they are and that's okay yeah yeah wow that's kind of just a weird yeah weird, weird thought pattern <laughs> I don't know you know I mean we it, you say too fast but I mean I I've got my own physical things going on you know yeah and right yeah you don't I walk do very not fast walk at all fast no. I mean I I'm not a fast walker and it's funny because I'll be walking, right? And I'll notice that she's doing it. And like sometimes if I don't just make a huge deal out of it by saying it really loud in front of everybody uh-huh. that she's being a subservient <laughs> wife. <laughs> no, Lord knows that Jessica's like, fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, she's my wife, right? But, you know, it's that, that's like just a, it's a funny thing that yeah. I do sometimes. So, you know, if, if I don't do that, it's I'll slow down further. And I'll slow down further. And then she, she does just stays too. behind slow right. down further. And then she'll start to notice that, like, we're not moving anymore. Right. <laughs> You've done that to me. I, like, I, I, do, I do that to a lot of right, people. Right, way back in the day. I remember I remember that being a thing where I was like, and yep. then all of a sudden we were moving. I was like, what's going on? And you're like, oh, well, I was just waiting for you to catch up. And you didn't catch up. Right. So we had to stop. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, this is a this is a thing. I, yeah. I surround myself with unconscious people. Yeah. Right? I used to Eddie and I used to walk at each other's pace kind of somewhere. I used to walk faster than Eddie. My my legs are longer than his, so right. I took bigger strides. Yeah, you guys are about the same height. Yeah, right, but yeah. he's got legs about three inches long. He's so cute. You know what it reminds me of when you talk about him? It's like Barney Rubble, <laughs> with, with the little legs, yeah, you know, under the car yeah. that are going swish, 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 right? Oh my God, that's funny. So we used to walk together, but that doesn't happen so much. No, anymore. when I tore my ACL, it my pace is much different now than it used to be. Yeah, but Luther used to say, "Geez, you walk really fast for a girl," because 
we'd go walking on the beach together or whatever, and I'd keep stride with him, and he was like seven foot four. Right. Not really, but I always used to tease him, like I tease you, Edward, right, about right. how tall you are. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'd keep stride with him, but not not since my knee surgery. Yeah. Now I just kind of meander. I've, I've slowed down. What's the hurry? Right. Well, that's it. You know, what's the hurry? I'll slow use that down, as an take excuse. It all in. Just, you know, but then I slow down when other people. Slow yeah. Down. Yeah. We know no, why you're I'm, slowing down. I'm yeah. a slow walker to begin. Yeah. Right. So today we are interviewing Denise Carell. Denise is a gifted psychic medium who has been in touch with the spirit ever since she was very young. I saw her a little while ago for a session and she absolutely blew me away. So she's clairsentient, clairvoyant, claircognizant, clairaudient. She's an empath, so she feels people's emotions and sometimes their physical symptoms when she's working with them. Denise credits her father, also a gifted psychic medium, for encouraging her to always listen to that voice within. She works with Samantha Fay to host a podcast called Enlightened Empaths, and uh, hopefully she'll talk a little bit about that as well. Hi, Denise. It's Hi, nice Lauren. to see. It's nice to see you. You too. So I'm wondering, Denise, can you tell us a little bit about what it was that prompted you to step into following the path that you're on now? Well, I. I came this way. That's one reason. I've always been highly intuitive, highly sensitive. I've always been a medium. I shut that down for many, many years that I think a lot of us do out of protection. And uh, it's kind of fun is several years ago, I was working with this woman and she, her husband passed unexpectedly. And they said, and he was, uh, because I'm a medium, I could sense this man who had passed. I'd never met him before. So I went up to this woman who I worked with casually and I said, are you by any chance a fundamentalist Christian? And she gave me this funny look and she said, no. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to tell you something. And I don't know what your belief system is on this, but I'm sensing your husband around. I know he's passed. I told her like some details that I couldn't have known. So that just kind of opened up the floodgates and still I dug my heels in and I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. But spirit is really funny because the synchronicities were so unbelievably hard to miss. So her name is the same name as my best friend in high school. Her husband's name was the same name as my father. They both passed in their late 50s from the same thing. They were both lobstermen. Wow. She has a certain breed of dog. I have the same certain breed of dog. It, it, our sons have the same birthdays. Our mothers have the same birthdays. It goes on and on and on. So um, I tried to ignore that. And we, both, we all know that when spirit really wants you to do something and wants you to step up, step up they don't let it. They're just, they'll push and push and push. So that opened up the floodgate to my work, Yeah, which was cool. What was the reason for for hiding it? Where you had said that you went for a long time without kind of wanting to acknowledge what was going on for you. Was there, like, were you ashamed of it? Was it uncomfortable or was it just not appropriate in your circle? It was, I was a a teacher. I've, I've taught all over the country in a lot of small towns. It was, um, I was married to someone for a long time who wasn't very supportive of this and was a little bit, uh, shall we say, I I guess less than supportive is about as kind as I can be with that one. Hmm. And I think people don't tend to realize the vulnerability of stepping out. It doesn't matter what damn closet you're stepping out of. You've got to, you you have to deal with the same issues of vulnerability, fear, will I be ostracized? 
and also being um, a public school teacher, you have to be respectful of your community. And, and I didn't want my kids to have that weird mother. I mean, I, they were going through enough at the time. I didn't want to put that on their plate. A lot of too. judgment around that label. And, and yeah. Yeah. How did it feel when, it, when you actually did, quote, come out? You know, was it, did you feel free? Did you feel uncomfortable? Did it feel, did it just feel like you let that weight go or what? Well, actually, it's just recently that I'm fully embracing this because for years I had a business name that nobody really knew it was me. I still kept my anonymity so that I could live in both worlds because I wasn't quite sure. And I think, again, a lot of us do that as highly sensitive people, as intuitives, as healers, as light workers, whatever name we want to give that. But now I don't care, which is a good, it is very freeing. But up until the, I would say the last three or four years, I was very hesitant. And plus, I'm a very, very private introverted person. Like my default position is to be incredibly off the grid so yeah this is a lot of stretching past that comfort zone exactly nice i love it i love it that's a lot of self-healing that you've put into that in order to step up and step out what does that look like for you denise how do you self-nurture how do you come into self-acceptance and i i think for everyone, whether you're highly sensitive, empathic, uh, in this field, whatever, I think for everyone, especially with the energies that we're dealing with right now, trying to find that authenticity and be true to it is, it's a core level. And if you grew up, I grew up working class, uh, even though my parents were both highly intuitive, and that was a normal, there was also kind of a rawness sometimes. And I think if you're that kid, you'll shut everything down and you're, you're more, t- every, you always have to gauge, is it safe for me to do this? Is it safe for me to be out there? Is it, so I think for when I see younger people that are stepping into their power, their light and their purpose. And I, sometimes I wonder, oh, I wonder what it would have been like to have done that 20, 30, 40 years ago. But yeah. then I realized that for my generation, we're lighting the way for the next and the next. And these little kids coming in are, off the chain light they're beautiful so we've kind of paved the road road for them i love it so you mentioned that uh both your parents were intuitive how is that growing up i mean did they know were you able to find some acceptance there uh my father who would be in his late 80s now so if if he was still here he passed many 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 years ago But if you think about that generation, and he was a man's man, big burly guy, ran an auto body shop, was a lobsterman, you know, just the youngest of all his brothers. I mean, there wasn't a lot of woo around this man, but by far, he was one of the most amazing mediums I've ever met in my life. And I'm not saying that because he was my father. He was just so, you know, that that term optimistic realist. He was just so real about it. He was also... He would say things because I used to work on the boat with him and he would say things like, you know what? Don't ever forget to stop and enjoy that. It's a beautiful day. Remember that mother nature is bigger than all of us and really gave me a love for that. So he, he was a uh, very clear audience and also very clear sentient. My mother on the other hand was incredibly intuitive, but she didn't really have lukewarm. You either got warm, loving and kind, or you got a little mean as a snake. Mm. She had, let me put that in a much nicer way. She truly embraced her Scorpio nature. It was just, <laughs> and that thing was, could be 
a little rough. So I think that for a lot of us, there's, and, and I keep saying a lot of us because I do feel like your audience is, we're all in this together and finding like-minded people. Right. But we had a parent or a sibling or someone in our early childhood that tested us so that we really exemplified, we, we had to become more empathic and sensitive to be right. able to protect ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. I don't think I answered your damn question, though, Laura. Well, you answered part of it. And so, so <laughs> did they know that you were also this intuitive being? That, were they aware? And did you, was that helpful? Was that not helpful? I think my father did, but it was never encouraged. My mother's way of looking as it, of it was, and, and I, I think about the things we tell little kids, don't wear your heart on your sleeve. You're too sensitive. People can read every emotion. You're setting yourself up. You need a uh, thicker skin. I mean, there's, there's a whole laundry list of things that little kids are told. So, and you do, you learn to put the mask on. You learn to hide that so that you're not hurt or you're not uh, taken advantage of or any of those things. Right. But I often wonder if that's why so many of us have a beacon on our head to pull in narcissistic relationships is because we shut down our natural instinctive ability when we were little small people. So actually, my mother was getting ready to pass when I told her that I was working full time as a medium. And wow. my brother, uh, my sister won't acknowledge it, but my brother said, oh, so you're kind of like, like that. And I said, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you could never be as good as him. So it was just like, like that immediate oh, you know, ideal. Just, you, you just want to be. And and I think the words that people put in our heads can cause so much detriment if we let it. Yes. Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot recently about having to sit with yourself because of the whole quarantine issue. And when you were talking about your father, that was like the, the first thing that came up for me was that fishermen have to sit with themselves for hours. Mm. You know, they have to know themselves. They have to be comfortable with quiet. They have to be comfortable with being who they are. And it's amazing that in a way that could translate for him into that spiritual medium work without even having to be aware of it just being quiet enough to hear it. You're, you're absolutely spot on because that's what he would say. That's my, he said, I love nothing more than to be out there all by myself yeah. and just enjoy the quiet. And he said to my mother once, he said, you know, my, if I could ever just go out to, to hall and not come back and just pass away out there and float off over the horizon, I would be the happiest man in the world. Didn't that piss my mother off? <laughs> but in his mind, that was because you weren't, he wasn't, it's so strange to think because empath is a re relatively new term, Right. but he was so empathic and so sensitive to the point where when, and it, when you think about, because you can get the picture in your mind of, of a man's man kind right. of guy, when my mother was pregnant, he would have to eat saltines because he would get morning sickness before he could get out of bed because he was so sensitive. Yes. Oh, wow. And I yeah. think that that's a beautiful thing and not, I promise I'm not being gender biased, but I think for the young men right now, we really need to let them know it's okay. Yeah, to, absolutely. To be that, to be that kind, thoughtful, open person. Yeah. To feel. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So as an empath, we can pull in a ton of feelings from everybody around us. 
until we learn how to turn that off. How have you learned to turn that off so that you're not on all the time? If you're walking out into the world and you feel everything all the time, that's, that's a lot to carry. And for years, I did the, the typical psychic protection kind of things, make an energetic shield, put yourself in a bubble, have a you know, picture, you know, all the things you can that's read. That's a lot about. of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And it also, it's hard to get to the place where there's an automatic response to do that. Oh, I'm going into a large store. I need to shield up. Mm. Right. Uh, one time I got really good at it, though, is when I, right before I left my, my last traditional job, is I, it was so toxic that before I, every day when I was driving to work, on the way to work at the same place on the hill, I would say a prayer and meditation. I would call in my guides. And when I was walking across the parking lot, I would picture this buffer zone. I would picture like this, you know, when they'll put a prisoner in the middle and put guards all around. Yeah. That's what I would picture, like this team around me to go in there. And one day I forgot to do it and I left work and I was crying and I can't go back in there and don't make me. The next day I was driving to work and I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot to protect myself before I went in there. Wow. And I think finding a routine, finding something, now I... I don't need to do that as much because I'm more, I think I'm more confident with myself and I'm more aware of the energies. So your boundaries are, are really now natural to you as opposed to something that you have to think about doing. Right. And, and now I'm more, more likely to trust myself when I get a negative feeling to push it back immediately and not think that I'm making it up or that I'm being judgy or I'm, you know, I, I immediately like, well, right. To separate yourself from pushing the energy back to whoever is sending it in my way. Yeah. What's, what's your approach to self-healing? Like, we all need to give ourselves that nurture, right? Because if we're not nurturing ourselves, we'll inevitably crumble. I mean, we just will. So how do you nurture? How do you heal yourself from a hard day or a day that you've been triggered a lot to really give yourself what it is that you need. My number one thing that I do, and I've done this since I was 17 maybe, is every morning I journal. Every single morning I journal, I clear, I, I work through things. I, and if, if something's really troubling me, my default position is to write or to get out in nature by myself, to go take the dogs for a walk down by the river, to go out in the woods, to, but getting out in nature, and I do that, try to do that every day as well, is just get away from people, get away from stuff, get away from technology, and go and recharge my batteries a little bit. And it's amazing, amazing how it doesn't have to be five hours out on the top of a mountain. It can be just standing in the backyard and feeling roots in the bottom of your feet. Or, you know, if you're in a city, just feeling the sun on your face and realizing, okay, I'm connected with this and I'm going to be okay. I also have to be really, I, again, very private. So I'm cautious about who I spend time with. That's one of my big self-care things. And that was a big, it goes back to what uh, you mentioned a minute ago about the boundaries of, I don't have time or room in my life anymore for, for pretending or spending time with people who don't feed my soul or that I don't feed theirs. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. So what do you do? I mean, we, we just talked about your daily routine, basically, on, on how you move through things, but you're out in the community, something happens, and you've got this trigger spot. How do you cope it, when something gets through? Like, what does that look like for you? 
Uh, I swear profusely. <laughs> oh, you can do that here. It's good. Good. <laughs> That's a good release. And I, I'm working a lot because we, you know, we're all a work in progress, and I'm working a lot on. A, this sounds a little technical, but addressing the negativity bias of focusing on the negative rather than the positive, mm. letting people, and something happened a couple of weeks ago and someone made a comment and I kept dredging it and I kept replaying it and I kept going over and over and over. And I finally, I said, Denise, why the hell are you doing that to yourself? Yeah. You know, that's, it, that's their stuff. Let it go. But I think a lot of times I'll beat myself up before I get to the place where I realize it's not mine to own. And right. I think that that's a, a, a work in progress thing. Yeah. But I do, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, sometimes I have to, if I've gone into a store or a big place and there's a lot of people or someone was rude or, well, if I'm driving my younger self channels and I like give people the finger out the window and scream. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but most of the time I'll just, I need time to get quiet, reflective and just like diffuse because I'll, I'll tend to get angsty about it. Right. So it comes out more on the, on, on the anger side. That's how mine comes out. I'm, I'm always on the anger side of it. I'm like, you know, I'll blow through it before I'll just sit and stew in it kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. I can, I can relate to the anger side of things as well. That's my energy. That's, that's definitely where I go with things. But it's, it, I think that's, really, I do think that's healthy rather than holding it inside or having it turn into resentment or bitterness yeah. or, or replaying it. Because when it's done, it's done. It's not, it's not yeah. oh, five years later, it's over. And I think that in many ways, I'd rather have that burn hot and fast and be done with it rather than have it just be simmering on the back of the stove for way, way too long. I know one of the things that's very true for me is that all of this sort of stuff is very cyclical. You know, it comes up over and over and over again. What would you say would be something that has come up over and over and over again for you? And how have you seen it evolve? So kind of along the lines of dating the same person with the same face? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and for me, I'm, I, tend to be kind of a slow learner with certain aspects of my life, with certain people in my life. I will give a lot of rope. I will throw a lot of life rings and then I'll draw a line in the sand and say, I'm done. And it is that extreme, but I will give and give and give and try and come at it from every, I'll go around that barn a lot of times before I'll stop and say, I'm not going around that damn barn again. Right. But when it, when it finally clicks, then it, that's always, always a, a beautiful catalyst for me to say, okay, now that I know what it is, what do I want to do differently? What do I want to change? What do I need to do to heal this so I don't have to keep bringing in the same people or the same scenarios? Perfect. Yeah. So one of the things that, I, that I've been dying to ask you is almost everybody self-sabotages. <laughs> like everybody self-sabotages. So what is the thing that you commonly find yourself facing again where you say, Denise, how many times do we have to look at this before we realize that we're doing this to ourselves out of a less than message or wherever that comes from? It, and you're, you're spot on with that less than, that worthiness thing that, you know, holding myself back from stepping up to the next level or trying the, and I have, a good sense of adventure. There's some things that I am so brave, like ridiculously, I don't bat an eye. 
but as far as the vulnerability, the self-sabotage would be of holding myself back from truly stepping into my full power and light. Yeah. Because it's, uh, I was brutally, brutally shy when I was younger. I physically couldn't talk to people shy. Wow. So that's always, I always hesitate. So even to be doing this interview, and I can see you and I've met you and you're all like incredibly kind, wonderful people, but there's still that hesitancy of, of putting myself out there and fi truly finding my voice. So I would say that's the, the self-sabotage piece. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you, you joining us. Always a pleasure, Denise. You too. And, and best of luck with the show. And we'll have to do some reciprocity and have you come on mine as well. Oh, that would that be would wonderful. Be lovely, yeah. yeah. All right, you want to put in a plug for anything before we let you go? Let's see. Our, my podcast is Enlightened Empath. You can find me at Denise at DeniseTheGratefulMessenger.com is my Facebook, my Instagram, and my email address. Awesome. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Bye. The interview we just heard was recorded earlier in the spring of this year. And recently, Lori got a chance to speak with Denise again and to see how her summer has gone, but also to see if there was anything that she would like to add to her interview, give a little bit more about the story. And Denise shared with us an amazingly beautiful piece of insight while doing some work. And so I hope you enjoy. Hi. How are you? Good. How have you been? Um, busy. Busy and okay, though. Riding the wave. How about you? I've been really good. Yeah, you look good. You seem really calm and mellow and centered. Yeah. You're in a good place. I really feel in a good place. This is my time of year. Oh, God, yeah, me too. I wait yeah. all year for this. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the heat, the sun, the warm, being able to swim, no arthritic pain. It's... Uh, and then every year I say, what the hell are you doing, Denise? Just live where you can feel like this more often. So how, how has summer been treating you? What have you been up to? How is... I, I am I'm working a lot. I'm doing all like remote, um, staying busy, still doing the podcast. I did an intuitive tarot class. I had been, that's been on my list to do an online class. And I'd been avoiding it and procrastinating. And finally I said, fuck it, I'm just going to do this. And it went better than I expected. So that was good. Uh, yeah, just I, I'm kind of in this. What I found is during this whole time, people are either in this place of, oh, I repainted all my rooms and I planted a garden and I wrote a book. and I, Or kind of like, I'm kind of in this place of restructuring and redefining what the hell I'm doing. Right. And I think that's what this is about, don't you? I yep. think... I think it's about looking outside of the box and finally having that time to make those changes yeah. that will better your life and um, get you going on a direction maybe that you hadn't been wanting to really go into full blast. Right. Right. Now, I heard something last night that really switched my perspective. I was listening to um, Carolyn Meese, and she said, People need to stop saying when we get back to normal. She said, we're not. It's gone. We're not going back to that. We're in transition. We're right. moving in this new direction. 
And then she, and what I loved was she said, and, and I changed her words a little bit in my mind, but she said, this change has never, this is coming from something. She said, she, she used the word God. She said, this is coming from God because if this change was left to humans, the way we deal with it is we have world wars. And mm -hmm. she said, we're not, this is about healing. And that's coming from a place bigger than all of us. And I thought, oh my God, she is so spot on. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's really, I love hearing that because that's how I've been feeling. Yeah. That this is not a negative thing, that this is a positive thing. And mm, people are not necessarily on board with that yet. Not no. everybody. Um, but I really feel like better things are going to come from this. And, you know, the, always the period of transition is difficult, isn't it? you know, people are like dogs. We get used to this particular right. way of living and, and that's what we think we want. Right. So in order for change to come, something dramatic has to happen. Right. Otherwise we wouldn't, we'd stay complacent. Did I tell you about my alarm going off at four o'clock in the morning, right around the beginning of this? No. My phone, and I know you're not supposed to use your phone as an alarm, but I, I do. My phone went off at 4 a.m. Obviously, I hadn't set it for 4 a.m. And I started to, to write, and it was really dark. It was heavy. It was dense. It was very uncomfortable. And then at the end, and that's not what I channel. Usually, I channel very uplifting, positive, hopeful stuff, very right. light. And this was anything but. It was, it was kind of uncomfortable. But at the end of it, it said, when we get on the other side of this, which is still a ways to come, we're entering into a time of unity and peace that's never been experienced on the planet before. Uh, and it was just like, oh, holy shit. And, but it was so vivid that the next night when I was, I didn't want to go to bed because I didn't want to have to have that dark message come through again. And right. this would have been early April that that happened. Yeah, and it and it made this was before we even knew all this shit was coming. After, right? It's also, holy shit! I I keep saying, what a fascinating time to be on the planet because there's no other way to look at it. I keep telling my son that, and I'm grateful that my son, myself, my significant other, the people closest to me, are able to see that, mm -hmm. and we stay positive, and yeah. we. We keep our goals and we are reaching for our dreams and we're aspiring for living a wonderful life. Unfortunately, I do know those people that want to talk to me about darkness and world war and blah, blah, blah. Um, doomsday. Yeah. You know, but I really stay positive because the feeling I receive is I'm going to be okay. And I, I agree a thousand percent because it's also about people are aligning with the, and I, I talked to, and probably a couple of weeks ago, I thought, I said this to someone, I said, you know what, I'm just going to ride the middle rail. And she said, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, I'm talking to people that their tinfoil hats are a little too tight. And I'm talking to people that are so airy fairy that they're completely oblivious. Yeah. I'm going to respect and give credence to both of their opinions because that's their truth and their right. reality. But I'm just going to stay neutral and I'm going to pay attention, but I'm not, I'm not aligning on either side. Yeah. I'm not doing it because 
again, if you keep people afraid, you can keep, you can control them. Yeah. And, and that's what this is about. Yeah. And for those of us that are taking a step back and saying, no, thank you. I'm just going to keep doing what I do, raise my vibration being, it's what I love about this is there's something in this whole energy that is so very, very much about being present. Like yes. it's about being here and now today. Like I always, that's always how I, I always say thank you as soon as I wake up. But it, it's very much about what's going to happen. Don't know what already happened. Can't change it. Right. It, it, here we are. Yeah. And there's a freedom in that. It's fantastic. There is, there is. And it really is. It's created in me and in the people that I'm close to um, a time to be still and really think about what we want because right. everything has changed for us. And so 100%. we're really thinking like, what do we want? How can we attain that? What direction do we move in? What do we implement to get that ball rolling? And we're excited. We're excited to make these changes. Yeah. It's like, this is the thing that's helping us really roll into what we've been wanting to do for years. Right. And now it's like, well, now we have the time, nothing but the time right. to really implement that. And get clear on what you want it to look like, not what yeah. you think it's supposed to be or should be. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's, it's a fun time and I'm enjoying it. And yeah. I wish for everybody that they could, but we all have our own journeys. Yeah. We okay. all have our own experiences and... Mm -hmm. However, this is affecting each individual person. That's their journey. That's right. what they're going to be learning right now. So, but, but when you step back, it's about healing. Yeah. You're really uh, ourselves are, are, are and what I keep getting is a message when I'm writing or, or doing work is that part of this whole transition is for us individuals, but also to help other people to, we have to, to align with our own inner truth and knowing so we can be that little plug of light into the collective because yeah. that's what's going to bring about this unity. It's almost like a giant light bright and you see, can see like this is my little spot to put in, this is yours, but I'm not trying to replicate someone else. I'm not trying to do their work. I'm aligning with my own truth and the more and more I see people stepping into that, their life is so much more peaceful and at ease Yeah. rather than trying to swim against the current. It, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, swimming against the current is basically what most of us were all trying to do for so long. There was so much pushback, you know, mm -hmm. no matter how much you tried to reach for something that was outside of that box, there was always that pushback right? because there's the society demands and, you know, the boss and the demands and um, the running people had to run to do this, 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 this. Yeah. People aren't running right now. No. And that slows that current down, doesn't it? It slows yeah. it down so that and, people can. And it allows spirit to bring in what we need, not what we thought we needed. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to be honest. I'm not missing driving. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for the business last year, I put over 13,000 miles. And that's a lot of miles when you think about it. That is a of, lot. Of just going back and forth to 
oh, I'll come do readings here, I'll go here, I'll go there. It was constantly two hours, two hours, four hours, six hours. I, I don't miss that. And now you're doing it all via Zoom. Zoom, phone, and Skype, which I offered before, but now, um, so the only real difference is I'm not going to people's homes right now, and I'm not using the office space in South Portland, or I'm not going down to the mid-coast area, yeah. but the people are still, it's, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. So, and interestingly, that was one of my goals at the beginning of this, was to be location independent, and now, yeah. that's what this is totally now, so. Yeah. Um, Good for you. I'm well, so happy for you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's, um, I'm, I'm enjoying this time too. I have to be honest. This is an introvert stream. I'm okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know you're an introvert when. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I've kind of always known it about me. I love the hermit energy. Yeah. I take in a lot of energy. Yeah. So I need a lot of time to just was that uh, yeah and, uh, this is great for me yeah we both know how to behave out in public we're okay yeah <laughs> yeah and then we both know how to run like hell to get home right mm -hmm. and enjoy our sacred sanctuary yeah. of peace and safety and yeah and yeah which is it's all good hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u-2 go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally that is stumbling through enlightenment dot squarespace dot com you can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.